Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Throw down $5 on any uh, any NFL game, and if either team scores, guess what you get? You get $200, or excuse me, you get $100 in free plays to do what you want with. All right, guys, we're going to do something you want with as well. Anthony Cimino hopping on right in time with the Red Sox hat. William Brad Alice with the uh, Barry, back in the A on the back head. Back in the A. Yeah, me. Not wearing anything. All right, guys. 82-78. This was a game that it looked like Arizona was about to destroy uh, Wichita State for a good percentage of the game. And then about 14 minutes left in the second half hit there, William. And this became a nail biter throughout. Yeah, Arizona sloppy down the stretch. Uh, Wichita State catching fire. Um, even sometimes without flow of the offense, Arizona missing key free throws. Uh, at the end of the day, turnovers doomed Arizona, or at least potentially doomed Arizona. They were able to, you know, get the win in OT. Uh, they even missed a pretty good look at the, at the buzzer too of regulation. But uh, you know, it was a game where I thought Arizona for the first 38 minutes was was really the better team. Um, but we saw the growing pains this young team is going to have. We still don't necessarily have a go-to guy, and uh, we I think we learned a lot, though, but at the end of the day, they found ways to win this basketball game. AG? Yeah, that was a little bit of a high-wire act, kind of raised the blood pressure a little bit, because they, for as much as we have loved how they've played fast and free and loose, when when they suddenly went up against a really good defensive team that can apply a lot of pressure, they looked like they were totally out of control, especially late there in, in the second half, maybe in the final 15, 10 minutes. And, and yeah, part of that was, like Brad mentioned, um, you know, it didn't look like they really knew who they wanted to go to. Right. I'm not sure. That's great. Depth is great. Balance is great. You know, I think Tubelis is that guy. But it sure, it, it sure didn't look like they knew it for a while and you know I, I could i could kind of do without kirk crease shooting 10 threes a game but that's well, that a, was a, that's a topic maybe for a little bit later or jump in brad that was the thing they went 19 of 32 inside the arc and yeah. that was with a few bad misses 
Um, outside the arc, five of twenty-seven, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, eighteen percent. But you know, they shot almost forty-one percent while missing twenty-two three-pointers. Um, you know, they were efficient on the inside, but you know, credit Wichita State. Wichita State made some adjustments. They didn't early on. They could not deny the ball to the bigs. I think they did a better job. You know, it's not all on Arizona. But for as big as that shot was by Creesa, the big three down the stretch, he was bad in the stretches. And I think really, um, I think in many ways, we've got a lot of our answers about a lot of the guys on this team. But I think the the jury's still out uh, on Kirk Creesa because he had some bad decision making. He had some bad ball handling, uh, fell in love with the three when it wasn't his night. Uh, so I think, yeah, there are some problems there. That being said, he also hit some big shots down the stretch, kept a couple balls alive when they needed him to. So he made some plays, but he was very frustrating at times as well. All right, guys, there's a there's a bunch of questions that I have here. First and foremost, the turnovers, which uh, throughout were, um, I would say, a, a nuisance isn't really a strong enough term for it. But uh, how many of these were just Arizona being lazy? or not prepared and how much of them were basically pressure from Wichita that Arizona just wasn't able to handle. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of both. Arizona, every, everything had come so easy for Arizona in the first three games. And even if they had turnovers in the, some of those games, and they did in a high number in a couple of them, it didn't really matter. They're still winning by 50 points. Yeah. But we, this is what Wichita state does. They're tough in their previous game. You know, they had they forced five uh, shot clock violations in the first half. Right. I mean, they play they play really good defense. That's so let's give them plenty of credit. But you know, whether it was some of the sloppy guard play, some of the mishandles from the bigs, it was kind of Arizona kind of shared the shared the wealth in a bad way in terms of in terms of the turnovers. All right, guys, let's get to some questions here because we got about literally about 40, 40 comments already. Okay, Nick Howard says, we needed a game like this. Don't think we played bad, but we committed far too many turnovers. You know, that's what I, that's what I like about the interaction we have here because that was going to be my next question I was going to ask you guys, and uh, Brad will go to you on that. Is there something to be said for a game where Arizona ended up winning, but at the same time you definitely got punched in the face and you had to be able to react? Oh, absolutely. And I think this is one of those where the coaching staff can say, well, we got your attention now, don't we? Um, I'll tell you the other thing that was a, a concern, and I think it goes along with uh, maybe even sometimes lack of uh, of awareness, was Arizona got beat handily on the offensive glass. Uh, Wichita State, who had all their bigs in foul trouble, 20 offensive rebounds. Um, and oddly enough, Arizona only credited with 11. And look at the ESPN stats. And they had, I think, four on one possession. Um, it felt mm -hmm. like Arizona did better on the boards than maybe they did. But when you combine that with the poor shooting from the outside, the you know the missed free throws, the turnovers, and frankly, just Wichita State getting hot when it counted, uh, some of that, I think, yeah, can be fixed. Some of that's fluky. Uh, and some of that is the coaches now have some talking points in practice. Uh, unfortunately, maybe uh, for Arizona, or maybe fortunately, you have a quick turnaround before the next game, which we assume will be Michigan, but we'll know that in about two hours. All right, so here's – now let's get to some more of these questions here. Um, all right, so how much then – and again, this is where I'm having kind of a hard time. Bob's talking about uh, – our guy Bob is talking about the free throw shooting. 
Mm-hmm. And how much I quite here's the thing. I think with Arizona and Wichita State play 10 times, I think Arizona, I think Arizona's a better team than Wichita State. Um, but it is so much of what Arizona did was just self-inflicted wounds. The free throws, especially in the second half in the last five to six minutes of the game, were killer. I mean, Tabellis. Arizona was going to Tabellis, and I think I think AG, you hit the nail on the head. They're going to go to Tabellis. I think he's going to be their go-to guy. But man, he didn't look comfortable shooting those free throws at all. No, I mean they just, you know, the, on the bright side, they took forty-two free throws. Right. Well, so, you know, and they made twenty-nine. That's sixty-nine percent. You know, that's not uh, usually that's not great. But uh, you know, if if you're a coach and you're looking for the positive there 42 attempts and that's a good deal i mean i I never look at one game as oh my god the free throws are horrible or sometimes you get a bad free throw shooting team and they suddenly make 18 of 20 in a game and people think oh they must have worked on their free throws they solved their problem (laughs) right just one game man (laughs) Uh, i'm not going to read too much into this i think overall this will be a uh above average free throw shooting team but you know in in a one game situation in a 10 minute stretch yeah anybody can look bad shooting free throws yeah that's the thing i think it was the timing i think they Mm -hmm. missed if it was my count three in a row and four or five in the final five minutes yeah and one of the at least one of those was a one and one right yeah one was a one and one there was the two in a row by tubelis i think kyer missed might have missed one uh and i could have that wrong it was one of the wings uh, but they were at key times. They were at the time when, you know, Wichita State, who I thought played pretty undisciplined the entire game, but occasionally that undisciplined play actually hurt Arizona because a guy would be falling out of bounds. He'd, he'd save it to a guy. He'd kick it. And also you had a guy open at the top of the key who normally wouldn't be open, but when you're chasing loose balls, and that seemed to happen three or four times. You know, Etienne put up some crazy shots. You know, Mike and I were joking uh, before right? they started that it's a shame we did not get Etienne playing with Alonzo Verge and Remy Martin at ASU. Because <laughs> uh, that would be a lot of three for 90 nights or 30 for 90 nights. But um, so I think it's one of those weird games where I really felt that as bad as Arizona did taking care of the ball, Wichita State was more undisciplined. Wichita State was kind of all over the place. And they just got hot at a time Arizona didn't. Um, but, yeah, I think Mike's right. I think this team plays 10 times, and Arizona probably wins nine of them. All right. Here's the deal, guys. As you all know, DraftKings, it's not going anywhere. It's not uh, It's not sporadic. We all know what it's all about. You throw down $5 on an NFL game if you're a new customer. Guess what? You, the, any Either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. Doesn't get much better than that. Here's the deal. 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Funny story, I actually lost a little bit of money on this because I took Arizona to cover the nine, and I thought I was going to backdoor that into the second half or in the overtime right there when Arizona starts out on the nine-nothing run. But that's why people in Vegas are smarter than me. Yeah. So. You, you and me both, Mike Luke. Yep, there you go. All right, look, Paul Castleberry, I think, has a great question here, uh, William and AG. 
So he said, I have two questions. Who do we want to play UNLV or Michigan? And who wants to road trip to Vegas? Well, a little late for that, but we got a lot of uh, people on here that might be down, Paul. I want to play Michigan. I mean, you have no, you have nothing to lose at this stage. Like, and you know, let's say Arizona loses by 10, but you find out a lot about yourself. You know, I you can certainly go, you can certainly gain from that. And let's say Arizona wins. If Arizona wins, then you're looking at a team that's probably gonna be in the top 15 when the rankings come out. Am I right? Am I wrong? Brad, then AG. No, I definitely think you want to play Michigan, and I don't know what UNLV is going to be this year. But my guess is a a, a reasonably well-played game, but a loss to Michigan is going to be worth more to the committee than a, than a win over UNLV. I'm making some assumptions there. Uh, but certainly if you can beat Michigan, then suddenly you're talking seeding points. Um, so, yeah, and I think this team needs to be tested again. You know, you need to know because you've got again, I, and I, I know I bring it up a lot on this show and on my podcast, but you've got a, that brutal stretch uh, at the end of December and into the early part of the Pac-12. But we've got the four in a row, three against teams that are currently ranked and you need to get battle tests. We saw tonight that maybe playing, you know, the three uh, the three schools that Sean Miller likes to open the season against um, <laughs> did not necessarily properly prepare you. You know, there's a reason Loot liked to play those November right. uh, games to open the year. Like, I remember he used to complain when they added the extra rounds to the preseason tournaments because he wanted to jump in the fire. Now, he also was amazing at preparing his teams. And I think that having the week games actually did help with the Tommy Lloyd era. But, yeah, you want you want Michigan. You want to test it. Juwan Howard's a hot name right now. And even though they stubbed their toe the other night, I think it was against Seton Hall, um, you're going to get a lot more credit uh, nationally by by playing and even just looking good against Michigan than you will beating what appears to be just another kind of run of the mill you know this isn't a target this isn't this Larry Joss is not walking through that door in Vegas. No this yeah. is a this is the UNLV UNLV team that beat North Dakota State by two earlier this week on Monday night. Does that not bode well for them beating Michigan AG? Yeah I wouldn't think so. I mean I was uh <laughs> Yeah, I guess that game hasn't tipped off yet, but uh, you know, on the uh, I'm looking at the CBS uh, scoreboard, and the game starts so late in the Eastern Time, it's listed as in tomorrow scores. <laughs> right, right. Hey, this game on the score, it's it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow Eastern Time. But yeah, definitely Michigan. I mean, Arizona can make it. Obviously, a win gets them into the rankings. It could put them in the rankings for quite a long time. You know, Brad, I thought you made an interesting point about Kerr. I want to get to that because, you know, um, we used to be poor. Arizona used to be point guard you under Lute Olsen, obviously. And generally, the success of the team was dictated by the play of the point guard. Um, I saw a couple things that I am basically the points that you hit on, I found were a little bit problematic. And I'll let you expand on that. The one thing, though, that I do like about him, though, and that I think that he showed at least today, I think he's got big stones come up. Uh, uh, crunch time. He he was the one guy out there, fellas, that looked like he wanted those shots. That you know, even when I, and I know he missed the one free throw, but it looked like he wanted the threes. And you know, when you have a lot of untested players, if you've got one guy like that, Brad, it at least alleviates maybe some of the other concerns to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, what's funny is I actually kind of liked him better down the stretch than I did the bulk of the game. Um, yeah, and he, and statistically had a nice game, six assists, two turnovers. Um, 
you know, I think he did uh, some good things. And I don't mind him taking some of those big threes. It was just a few times he rushed the three early, especially when you had, you know, Coloco dominating on the inside, Tabellus dominating on the inside. Matherin was your hot hand. Uh, at one point, it didn't look like they could keep Kyer out of the lane, and you're taking, you know, 22-foot uh, three-pointers. Um, you know, I want I want Etienne doing that against me, not not Kerr doing it. So I think, again, I think it's finding a balance for him. Um, but I did think he, you know, I think he had some very good moments as well. Again, he had the big three. Uh, again, I think he kept that one alive that ended up, um, you know, helping Arizona down the stretch as opposed to, I think they end up not getting the shot off, but they, as opposed to giving up the turnover though at mid court where suddenly you're, you're on your heels. So he did some good things. He's just, you know, I'm not quite sure he's the guy I want running the offense, uh, you know, in the, in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament or at Poly Pavilion yet, but I'm, I'm not ruling him out either. I just, I'm not in love yeah. with him yet. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, in the course of a game, you're going to love 20 times and you're going to hate him 20 times mm-hmm. because he's going to take, you know, sometimes just an extra pass from a point guard rather than that early three goes a long way, especially when you have a couple bigs that are, you know, they're basically shooting about 75% these days. So right. just a little extra pass. Um, but yeah, the dude's fearless. And yeah. that's, yeah, that cuts both ways at times, but yeah, that's, that's a good quality in a point guard. Let's get he to might a, some, be the Estonian Mark Lyons, though. There's a chance. I, I like Paul Castleberry's remark. Instead of does he have big stones, he has big Estonias. Yeah, that was I well do. done, Paul. That's nice very time. well. I, I want to give one special shout-out here. Matt Rain, who says exactly Ben kind of stepped back at the end, Kerr stepped yeah. up. The only I'm putting Matt on there because Matt I uh, will probably be the president of the United States at some point. So I just want you guys to know that uh, – just remember, it was right here on the AZ Wildcats podcast at 10.57 p.m. that I declared such a proclamation. All right, let's, let's save this recording for sure. For sure. All right, so now let's get to Sean Seeley's remark because this is where I wanted to go next. Chris, Christian Coloco is an animal. I mean, even when he gets called for fouls, he's blocking the ball each time. I mean, this is a, this is a guy that... And um, I was talking, uh, I was on uh, was on with uh, Justin uh, Spears earlier today, and he asked me about a guy, or I think it was Ollie Farhang, that asked, who was the guy, the big man that made the most improvement in season that I can think of? And I couldn't think of it, but I thought he made a great point when he said it was A.J. Bramlett, you know, when Arizona went on to win the national title, because he wasn't very good for a good percentage of the year, then he became a monster. This is a little bit of a different situation here, fellas, but right now, this is a guy in Christian Coloco that I think it's fair to say is the best player on this team or certainly the most impactful. You know, I kind of chuckled. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the last game when Matt Muehlbach was on the call, mm-hmm. and he made the comment that Coloco was playing playing so well that he was playing like at the Pac-12 MVP level. Right. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. That's a little extreme, which it may end up being. But through four games, Coloco's kind of being that guy. And that's the guy – when you get a guy who's going from playing 10 minutes a game and now you're going to ask him to be playing 30 minutes a game, that's a big jump. And usually guys can't make that jump when they're asked to extend that many more minutes. They kind of get exposed usually. Right. And Coloco's, Coloco's gone the other way. He, he shows 
he can be a 30 plus minute guy and he's grabbing every board that's in his range. And if he's not blocking a shot, he's altering it. And that's just as good. I will say this. The answer to the question though, is freshman and sophomore Channing Fry, who Mm -hmm. I felt like as soon as finals were over, uh, he, he came on strong. However, to me, Arizona has had a history and probably most teams. If we look at this have had a history of, tantalizing big men who don't live up to the promise um, in many ways. You know, you could maybe start with loot with, with from Brian David through Kirk Walters. Brian David. All right. You know, Mo Tangera. But he had had all the knee injuries. He did. And no, and I'm not saying why, you know, Mo Tangera had the back injury. And, um, but you know, to me, Coloco is what, Chance Comanche didn't give himself a chance to be, and Angelo Chole never could be. Um, and that is this wildly athletic, physical specimen. I mean, he's not quite as big as Chole, um, but he's bigger than Comanche, who did not apparently like the weight room or the classroom. Um, but he's starting to, I mean, he's putting it all together. And again, I don't know what that means. Did we see his apex tonight at you know, a double double with five blocks, or is there another level he can go to? But compare, you know, from that skinny kid who looked terrified shooting those free throws against what USC to where he is now, it's an amazing transformation. And credit, you know, credit Christian Coloco for working his tail off, for getting in the weight room, for working on, you know, the left hand, the right hand. Um, you know, to me, he looks like a guy who we're going to see, you know, I don't necessarily know he's going to be a star, but he looks like a guy who's going to probably play in the NBA someday. Dope J King, I think, makes an interesting point that I didn't put down in my notes, but I think it's a very good point. He says, I love how Tommy Lloyd has his bigs diving to the basket. That's a great point. How many times now, again, it's going to lead to some charges at times, but when guys set screens or they set hedges right there, and then how many times would either Tabellus or Coloco get the ball then basically going down the middle three to four feet from the hoop? This is a team that I don't know, and the commentators continuously made this point, and I think it's a fair point, who the guy is going to be. But you can just tell from a structural perspective that with the way Tommy Lloyd is coaching these guys, that I don't know that they're going to struggle scoring a lot of points maybe until right down to the wire when you've got to have that one guy there, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, that screen and roll has been Arizona's bread and butter through four games. Right. And Wichita State, you know, to their credit, kind of figured that out and defended it better later in the game. It was really easy in the first three games. Those guys were just bigger, taller, more athletic. Right. Uh, So this will be a game where they can learn from that, maybe adjust off of that as teams adjust to them. Um, But I think the challenge for other teams is no – None of them do it the same way. You know, Coloco is speedy. I mean, it sounds funny, but he, I mean, he moves so well. Tabellus, while he moves okay, he he's more of footwork driven. Yes, he, yes, yes. And then if, and again, we don't, we're not going to see much of it, but occasionally you're going to have Balo, and it's either, I dare you to try to draw that charge. Because uh, that's a big load of meaty man coming down the lane at you. He's a big um, dude. Yeah, and he looked pretty good today early, especially. Um, but you know, that's a challenge you're going to have as a big guy. Can you, you know, can you keep up with uh, Coloco? Can 
you figure out where Tabellus is going with his footwork, or can you, frankly, man up against Balo? And I think, you know, that is something we're going to see, and it's going to be a challenge. And then you throw Kim Aiken Jr. in there, who's, again, not going to necessarily be that type of player, but you're going to be chasing him around. You have four very different bigs, and that's a nice kind of thing to have. You know, we saw Miller somewhat successful with very different bigs, whereas Loot always seemed to kind of have like two of each kind. You know, he either had a, you know, when he had the diversity, there's a lot of things you can exploit with that, especially, you know, with a lot of teams in the bottom half of the Pac-12 that are going to be lacking quality big men. I think uh, Tim Burgess makes an interesting point. I wanted to get to this too. Um, I think with Pella Larson, and again, I get that he's coming off an of injury and everything, but there was a lot of talk if you were going on message boards and, oh, this is going to be the second best player on the team, that he's that. I think this is a guy that when I watch him, I think he's going to be a solid player for Arizona. I don't necessarily ever see a guy that's going to be like an all-conference type guy. And again, I get that it's three games into the season, whatever. You don't really know. But, you know, people, if you're expecting big things out of Pella Larson this year, I, I don't know that right now is the time. But like I said, it's only a game or two there, A.G. Yeah, I mean, let's let's give him some time coming back from injury. For I sure. think what you saw a little bit in the rotation um, is, you know, when the games get tight, you, things start to reveal themselves. You know, mm-hmm. in, in, all the, in, in all the wings Arizona has, it looks like Kim Aiken Jr. is falling a little bit behind. Right, you know, right. You know, I think uh, Justin Kyer is the guy who's my guy. He's my guy, Mike. He you is your that. guy. You called it. Hey, by the way, Brad, uh, this is how versatile AG is. Uh, two years ago, Dylan Smith was his guy. This year, it's Justin Kyer. Justin Kyer, in my opinion, I don't want to speak for AG, is a little better than Dylan Smith, so you've upgraded. I was going to say, of of the the small school transfers who come in, and again, Kyer had the stopover no. in Georgia. I get it. Uh, Kyer is probably my favorite of that bunch. If we're counting <laughs> Dylan Smith and well, see, Mike, who, Mike is it Justin Coleman, uh, Terrell Brown. I'm taking, I'm taking Kyer. No, it helps that Kyer looks like uh, he's ready to, to to go. You know, twelve rounds of heavyweight boxing too. That's a that's a big strong man there as well. But uh, no, I've been a Kyer fan since I saw him at the Red Blue game as well. So I'm I'm with AG on that one, and kind of like you, Mike, I've. I've seen some of the Pella Larson love and I don't want to write him off. And again, but if he was an all conference player as a f- this year or even next, wouldn't he have been the best guy on Utah's team last year? Cause that was a bad Utah team. Yeah, and right. he was a role player there. And again, typically when you, when you, when you have a guy who, you know, they don't get noticeably better at Arizona than their last stop. You know, you, you have a lot. Remember, uh, Dylan Smith averaged, what, 18 points a game at Asheville? Right. And thought he was an 18-point-a-game scorer at Arizona. but AG did, too. Um, so, yeah. So, I think Pella Larson, to me, and he's always, even watching his film, looked like a role player. Looked <laughs> like that guy. Now, could he be a reliable starter a year from now to you? Maybe. But I think you're much better with Pella Larson being your seventh or eighth guy um with with Kyer being your scorer your your microwave off the bench if you want to go to to an 80s reference there that maybe only Anthony and I get um but but yeah so I think yeah I think Larson I think he can play better than he did tonight but to me if you're counting on Pella Larson being 
an all conference type player, I think you're you're going to be waiting at least this year. Yeah, as usual, Mike leaves out a whole bunch of context. Of course, yeah. <laughs> to make his little joke, you know. Yeah, I. You know, everybody was so down on Dylan Smith, and I had to adopt him because no, that's, that, that's, that's essential. He had his moments about earlier because he was a dude who had to play way more minutes than he than he should have been. Totally wasn't his fault. He was a fine Arizona eighth man. Let's play ten minutes a game. Suddenly he's starting playing 33 minutes a game and trying to make every big shot. And he had a few. Occasionally. I like like Dylan Smith. I just didn't love Dylan Smith. No, I hear you. I hear you. There's a potential for love with Kyer. Potential. And I don't know, Mike, if if we talked about this on a previous show, I know we just talked about it in person, that if Dylan Smith was on this team, he's playing zero minutes a game. Uh, correct. He's not playing because I just don't see where. Listen, Larson, I mean, oh come on, he, the dude's a sophomore coming off of an injury after four games. I mean, right. maybe maybe in two years he's Alex Barcella. I don't know. Wow. All right. So you're proclaiming that he's going to be a twenty-something point a game guy by the time he's a senior. Yeah, Anthony, are we? Oh wait, are you, are you putting Paul Larson in the Big West? And you're already misquoting me. That's what Mike <laughs> yeah. does. That, all right, you know what, though? I don't want to misquote. I don't want to misquote DraftKings. Now, as we talked about AG, I put, well, I'm not a new customer, but you put down five bucks on an NFL game, you get $100 in free plays. Did you put anything down on this game, AG? And then, William, I want to get to see if you've had any action in it with DraftKings. Well, to be, uh, to be totally forthcoming, yes, I did have a little action on this particular basketball game. Okay. It did not go my way, Mike. But yeah, well, sorry. What about what about my you? Dog is dra- my dog is caught in a t-shirt and my light setup. My 16-year-old dog, and he's dragging it across the room. So um no, I I I try not to to bet on the teams that I have a rooting interest for, but there there may be some other plays this weekend, uh, mostly NFL related. Um so and, and real, real quick, hopefully one of them you- scores. Real quick, before we move on to uh, one other topic here, I got to throw my DraftKings pick of the week out right here, but I haven't done any research. Anthony, you're a guy that does a lot of college football. You do it for you're a national guy. You're the bigwig. What uh, any lines out there that you like? I got I got literally nothing for you, Mike. I got done like no research at all. But I would do want to. Uh, Recall the last time I was on after the uh, Arizona football game last week. Uh-huh. And I implored everybody to take the LSU Arkansas under. Yep. Well, there you go. There's my DraftKings yeah. pick of the week for last week. But for this okay. week, I haven't, I haven't even looked. Fair enough. You know what? We're going to talk. Let's, we're going to keep this on basketball because you know what? Uh, we will have all week to talk football and rehash, you know, kind of what we saw out there. Now, let's get a little bit then. So before we sign off here, and the great thing about this is I get guys on here on the AZ Wildcats podcast, PHNX, guys like William Brad Alice, who I grew up reading. Uh, I still have basically all of his stuff, uh, you know, somewhere in here. Anthony Jamino, who brings me by in his spare time Barry Bonds rookie cards, autographed rookie cards. Uh, programs from Fiesta Bowls from 1990. Are you money laundering, by the way, Anthony? Is that what you're doing? Because that's that's a mighty generous gift there. 
Very, very generous. I don't know what it's worth now, but at one point that was my investment portfolio was the cover of Beckett Baseball Card Monthly. Wow. Yeah, I've got I've got some nice ones of those too, but you know, I just want to make sure all these things have a nice home. All right, I'll tell you what. You know what? Let's let's Mike, talk. Mike's to you. gonna inherit my collection someday. I'm gonna, I dude, I I just gotta live long enough though to be able to inherit that collection. So I'll tell you what. Before we sign off, let's just br- briefly talk a little bit of U of A football. You lose forty four to eighteen. Um, this was a game, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of tuned out midway through the third. I let I figured I'd let Anthony be the expert on that one from here. Is are, are we kind of at the time just get through the ASU game, get out of here, and hopefully nobody gets seriously injured, and let's get into the offseason? I guess so. I mean, I think this was a little bit predictable. They they played at a pretty high – I mean, you can make the case that last week might have been their best game of the year. Um but they're not good enough to play well every week. Right. And here you got you got a short week, you got travel, it's cold, it's snowy, it's foggy, it's just crazy. You can't watch anything on TV. Um, so I was kind of expecting a, a kind of an emotional, this is an emotional valley game at a tough spot. Arizona hasn't played well up there lately at all in Pullman. Um, you know, put it all together and come back next week against ASU. Would you, at least now you've got an extra day rest. Now, but this was probably, I mean, they played, you can say they played four bad games and seven games that were pretty good. Unfortunately, they only won one of them. What chance do you give them against the sleeping giant that is ASU, uh, uh, Brad, the perennial sleeping giant next week? Uh, not much. Um, unless it all just goes to hell for ASU this week with some of the NCAA stuff or some other scandal. I just, ASU's just better and as bad as, as weird as ASU is, Arizona just doesn't have the horses. Um, again, I know people have, have kind of gotten on me about talking about moral victories, but you're in year one of a rebuilding that's actually year five of a rebuilding. You just don't have the horses. So right now, yeah, should they probably be a three-win team? Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, you had a guy in Fish who who came in and he, he – got who he could get. And I know everyone's like, oh, he can't evaluate quarterbacks. He brought in Gunnar Cruz and uh, Jordan McLeod. Who else was there? Right. You, you know? That's the, that's the key. Who else yeah, was you're, there? You're I Arizona. Mean, who you're going to get? Ryan Hicklinski wasn't wasn't coming. Uh, I wouldn't touch Tate Martell with a 10-foot. <laughs> Tate but Martell? There was no one available. So, you, yeah, you grab Gunnar Cruz and you grab McLeod and, you know, you, you, you keep Will Plummer. I mean – there's I think it's so early to pass any judgment uh, on on fish and again there's things I like there's things I don't like some of the play calling has been bizarre but we don't know if that's will Plummer checking into the wrong play or if that's just fish growing uh they've got to turn this roster over I mean that's really what it comes down to and even though they brought in some nice pieces they also brought in just some guys to fill the roster I mean as uh, you know, Anderson had that nice run today, but he, he's, you know, the future of this team is Stevie Rocker. Um, you know, they brought in Maldonado. They But, you know, Jerry Roberts looks good. Um, the kid from New Mexico State looks pretty good in flash. So, but you got to do that about 20 more times to even get to competitive. This is a bad roster, and you've got to coach with some growing pain. So, again... I thought I thought two and a half was like the over under number, and I said I would have taken the under. I thought you'd get NAU and 
one of the other non-conference And you, even then, you overestimated the Cats, William. I, I did, but they've honestly been in more games than I think they probably should have. I thought they would. I mean, if you look at the, the losing streak, under someone, they were in the a game at the start of the fourth quarter three times in his whatever it was, eight or nine game version of uh, they've been in the game heading into the fourth quarter. I think I think seven times. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, one of those was in AU, which should not have been a game going into the fourth quarter, but it was. Um, so yeah. So I see. You know, I'm I'm still playing for moral victories. And next year, unless they just somehow kill it in the transfer market, your over under is probably about three and a half. It's going to take yeah. a few years to rebuild because he inherited a bigger mess than Stoops inherited. Um, as bad as that last oh, Makovic sure. team was, you know, he inherited a way bigger mess than obviously Richrod because Richrod went to to a, a New Year's Day bowl game two years in. Um, so this is a massive rebuilding project. Now the question is, is Fish the guy to do it? But to me, this whole year is just kind of a, a, a you know, you're going to give him an eye. It's an incomplete until we see what kind of roster they can create. And because right now they have. You know they they have a bad Mountain West roster trying to play. You know in a in a mediocre Pac-12. This was a uh, this was a test I actually did right here, guys. To be honest with you, so there's basically three ways of being able to check live viewers. You've got the up in the corner right there for the YouTube link, and then but if you view on Twitter, it doesn't actually it doesn't actually show up. So there's more people in there. We dropped 11 listeners. We dropped 11 viewers just on the YouTube the second that we moved over to football. So, well, the people, who, who is it? Someone said football gross. Yeah. Well, right. My son said when he walked in the room to, to see how I was setting this thing up, bro, that football team sucks. Well, you know what? We don't want to lose any more. Uh, so I'll tell you what. We're, uh, I'm going to wrap up with here. Overall, I think this was a good performance by Arizona. It was sloppy, but Matt Rain, I think, put the, and again, the future president, I thought, made a really good remark when he said Arizona was 5 of 27 from 3, had 22 turnovers, missed 15 free throws, and still won. To quote him, that's kind of nuts there, fellas. Yeah, well, apparently our future president is not good at math because it's 13 free throws, but, you know, whatever. Whatever, same thing. Close enough. You know, we, we could forgive that. Uh, but yeah, those are all very good points that Arizona played uh, sloppy and poorly for long stretches, did not make some, some key shots, made some other key shots, but still comes away with a win against a really solid team and you know a, a program known for its toughness and defense. William, wrap it up right here. What do you got? You know, you, you throw the numbers away and you look at that game holistically – and Arizona was the better team, and I think that's something you can hang your hat on. Arizona's got some players. I mean, they, they, they have some deficiencies, but this is going to be a fun team to watch, and as long as they continue to progress and play hard like they do, they're, they're going to be a factor in the Pac-12. Now, are they going to win the Pac-12? I don't think so, but they're going to make some teams sweat, and, and they're going to finish in the top four of this conference, and that's, I think, more than we could have hoped for heading into this year, especially when we looked at where the program was when Tommy Lloyd agreed to be the coach and half the team was in the transfer portal. Uh, it's a fun team. It's a likable team. And uh, they're going to have some frustrating moments, but they're going to have some fun moments too. Yeah, And the one thing we've talked a lot about Arizona on the offensive end, this was another – nobody's really talked about the defense. 
this was another really good defensive performance. Right, for sure. It, it, and it held them to thirty-three percent shooting. Yeah, that's going to carry this group. Yeah, that's that's how you get away with doing the twenty-two turnovers and shooting five of twenty-seven from three. It's because that defense can show up game in and game out. What's this the cliche defense travels. This coming this coming week, it's going to be very it's going to be fun. On Monday, we're going to Williams going to be on with me. He doesn't know that yet, but uh, he's on. just been informed. He's just been informed. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Sean and uh, Sharon Harris are going to be on uh, talking Ooh. about their uh, talking about their boys. Then Wednesday, hopefully, uh, a women's basketball uh, entity of some sort, and then AG will be back on with us during the post game on against ASU. He doesn't know it yet, but he's been told. So. For Brad Alice, I am our Brad Alice, Anthony Jamino. I'll throw you in there as well, AG. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks everybody for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.